Life can be like a journey. And sometimes you laugh and other times you cry. Sometimes the road of life is easy. Sometimes it is impossibly challenging. Do you know this from experience? Especially challenging is when we have to walk through times of change. This morning, we're going to look at one man who's walking through a time of change, and what we'll see is that God comes to him to give him a promise, to remind him of God's purpose, and to assure him of God's presence. As he walks along this difficult passage, God comes to him and gives him the promise that he has for him, which is still his promise, even on that difficult time. God comes to him to remind him that there is a purpose still, even when it feels like there's no purpose. And God assures him that he is with him, that his presence is right there on this road, because he needs that as he walks through a time of change, especially one that's challenging. Is there anyone in the room who's walking through a time of change which is challenging? Yes? And as a church altogether, when you have a pastor go, or two pastors, it's a time of change. And even if it's God's will and God's leading those pastors and this church to adapt, it's still a challenge. And that's why we need this message this morning. It's why we need to hear again God's promise to be reminded of God's purpose and assured of his presence with us. The story we're going to look at is one episode in the life of a man named Jacob. Do some of you know Jacob's story? It's told in the book of Genesis, and it is a remarkable story. We're going to pick up uh, with the setting of this scene where we're going to see God give these gifts to Jacob, and, and my prayer is that we also would receive these gifts. We're going to begin with the setting of his story. Uh, it's in Genesis 28. In verse 10, here's where we begin. Look at this. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Now use your imagination. The scene is set in the wilderness where there is one man walking away from Beersheba toward Haran. Beersheba is this man's home, or it was his home. He's leaving it behind. And he's heading north to Haran, which is 500 miles away. Can you imagine walking 500 miles through the wilderness by yourself? Maybe you've never walked like that, but let me ask you, metaphorically, in your life right now, have you ever felt like you're walking through the wilderness by yourself, and it's a long journey, and there's many miles ahead of you? At this moment, he's only 55 miles into the journey. It's the fifth night, and now the sun is setting for him, and he has to prepare to go to sleep for the night. Can you see that? Can you see that in your imagination? Watch what we're told next. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. Do you know what that means? He's not staying in a nice, comfortable hotel room. When you're walking for two months, and on the fifth day, you have to lie down and use a pillow that is made of rock, that means it's a rough patch. Have you ever had to sleep outside under the stars with no shelter whatsoever and just lie your head down on the ground? Very few of us will have that experience. But have you 
ever had a season of life where it was hard to get to sleep because of everything that you left behind and because of the unknown that was ahead of you? I know many of you have. I know that some of you right now are at a place like that in life where it's as hard to go to sleep as if you had to put your head on a rock. For Jacob, it had to do what was back with what was back in Beersheba. If you know his story well, you know what I'm talking about. Does anyone in here suffer because of family drama? Yes or no? <laughs> Jacob's brother, it was a twin. His name was Esau. From the time they were in the womb, they were fighting with each other. Their whole life was a life of conflict together. And this, in part, was due to the fact that Jacob knew his father loved his brother Esau more than he loved him. Have any of you had that suffer because of family dynamics like that? That's difficult. And not only that, but Jacob knew that his mom loved him more than she loved his brother. Imagine that tug of war between mom and dad. Do some of you know what that's like? Anyone who has to live through the divorce of their parents knows what that's like. Rebecca, that's Jacob's mom, convinces him to trick his father to bless him with the blessing that actually belonged to his brother. And it works so well that Esau decides the solution is to murder Jacob. And that is what's behind Jacob in Beersheba. He is walking away from family dysfunction that is just that profound. Can you imagine? And now listen, not only is he walking away from family dysfunction, but think of it. He's walking away from his entire life at home. All of his friendships, all of the patterns of life that made him feel secure, the sense of purpose that he used to have in that place, he has to leave all that behind him, and now he's going toward Haran, which is months away on the road by himself. And worst of all for him is the feeling that he's not only leaving all of that back there, he's also leaving God back there as well. Have you ever felt like God was nowhere near you, especially when things were hard? You see, the reason that Jacob and his family were there in Beersheba in the first place is his grandfather Abram left Haran to go down to this promised land because God said, you go down there and everything will be good. And, and his father, Jacob's father, also believed that, Isaac. And so he was down there because God told him, go down there. But now in this moment, he's heading back away from the place that God had sent him toward the place that God had sent him from. Can you imagine how hard that might be? Can you imagine how hard that might be? Yeah, yeah. If you can't, someday you will be able to. If you can't answer right now because it's just too hard, then you listen right now. As Jacob goes to sleep, God gives Jacob what he needs. And I want you to understand this. God knows what you need in this season that you're walking through. And God is coming to you to give you exactly what you need. Here's what happens. This is verse 12, after he falls asleep. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. In this moment of feeling like he's left everything behind and his connection with God was also severed, God gives him a dream a vision that says, Jacob, you may have lost everything else. You have not lost me. The connection between us 
may be hard to see, but it is still intact. That's what God is saying to him with this image of a ladder on which the angels are descending and ascending. God is saying to him, even in this rough patch, God has maintained the connection. Though the journey is long and you don't know what you're walking into, and this stretch of road is especially hard because of what you're walking away from, God is still close. You are not separated from him. That is what God begins in this dream with Jacob. And we'll come back to Jacob in a moment. But you must take this to heart. I can say this to you in Christ. That no matter how hard this stretch of road is for you, no matter what difficulties you're having to walk through, that you don't want to walk through, the truth is, if you believe God is far off, you are wrong. Because God is close to you. The connection has not been severed. It never will be from God's side. And in this dream, with this sense of God's connection in Jacob's heart, God comes and three things are made plain to Jacob in the dream. The first thing, God makes a promise. Let's look at this promise to Jacob, and then let's have our hearts open to see how it might be a promise for us. Look at, look at how God makes a promise to him. This is verse 13. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. Now try to imagine this promise being given to you in this moment. God's promise to Jacob is the ground that you lie on will be yours. God is saying to him, look back at what you left behind. Look forward toward what you're walking toward. Look to the left and right. Everything you see will be given to you and to your children and to your offspring. And this must have been profoundly stunning to Jacob because when he, lo- when he lay down that night to go to sleep, he would have told you, I am a man who has nothing. And here God comes to him and says, no, you are a man to whom I, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, am giving all things. It would have been hard to believe because maybe you know this from experience. When you don't have what you want, the only thing that you're able to see is what you don't have. Is that true for anyone else here? You can have everything, but you have that one thing that you want that you've not got. And what do you see? You just see that one thing that's not yet yours. I know it's like this for you because it's like this for me. When I lie down at night, The thing that comes to mind for me is what I have not got. And it's one of the easiest things, especially in a stretch of difficult road. So right now, if you're on that stretch of road, I know what's happening in your mind. I don't have that set of relationships that I used to rely on. I don't have the security that I once had in knowing exactly how things were going to go. I don't have a sense of purpose that I had when I had those things in hand and under control with this difficulty that's put upon me. I just don't have this or that. And in moments like that, in moments like that, what we need is to hear the promise of God. Jacob hears a very particular promise from God, and it is that everything that you can see is yours How can God make this promise? Listen carefully. God is the one to whom all things belong. Do you know that? 
There's a passage in the beginning of Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord and all that is in it belongs to God. Or in Psalm 50, his are the cattle on a thousand hills. Every animal, every flower, every plant, everything that grows, all of it belongs to God. That's Psalm 50. Every inch of the road that Jacob has walked, will walk, and all of the land on both sides, all of it, everything that Jacob can see belongs to God. And here in this moment, God promises him that he is going to give Jacob everything. Now listen, to understand this promise, we must see that God is the one that has everything in his hands. And in this moment, God's hands are completely open to Jacob. We're going to come to why in a moment. But to see what God means to tell you and me in this moment, we must take this truth to heart. Everything that we need in this difficult stretch of journey is in God's hands. And in Christ, God's hands are open to all of us. Whatever it is that you require right now, would you let that come to mind? Whether it's clarity about the next month or something that you need to work through in the next hour or whatever it is, let that come to mind and, and hear this now. In Christ, all things are open to you and put in your hands. When you trust Jesus, there is nothing which you require which God withholds from you. All things that God has which you need to walk on this stretch of the road are yours in Christ. Paul says it in a number of places. If you're a, no a note taker, write down 1 Corinthians chapter 3. At the end of that chapter in the letter that Paul writes to the folks in Corinth, he tells them that Christ belongs to God and because of that, all things which belong to God belong to Christ. And then he goes on to say, anyone who belongs to Christ has all things. And he means all things. He even says this at the end of chapter three, which things he says, the world, life, death, the present and the future. That's all things. Is there anything which isn't encapsulated in those terms? No. And that means if you are in Christ, all things are given to you by God who knows where you are on this journey and does not want you to give up. Can I get an amen? amen? Let it come to mind again. Whatever it is, in Christ. That means that you're a person who's willing to say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. I'm not my own Lord. Because you've come to the place on the road where because you're sleeping on the rocks, you're willing to say, I can't manage it. Can you say that? And then you're willing to trust in your heart that Jesus can manage it. Can you say that? If you can, then you're in Christ and everything that you see which you need, God's hands are open to you in it. Now, why would God open his hands and put all things in our trust? Come back to me for a moment with, with, with uh, this scene where Jacob is ma being made this promise. Why would God make this particular promise to this particular person in this moment? to Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham. Uh, in what happens next, God reminds him of his purpose, and it's a particular purpose. God is not promising to give everything to Jacob for his sake, but rather for the sake of the world through whom, uh, through whom who will be blessed through this promise made to Jacob. Look at verse, uh, the second half of verse 14. This is uh, 28 verse 14. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. 
And we can't dwell on this enough. The purpose of this blessing to Jacob is the blessing of the whole world. Jacob and his descendants have been promised this land, and God has kept that promise for the sake, not of the blessing of the people who possess it, but rather for the sake of the world that will be blessed when those who receive God's gifts use them in the way God wants so that all of the world will be blessed. And right now, in this moment when Jacob feels that he's got nothing and God promises him that he has everything, God sees the potential in Jacob and in his descendants to bless the world in a unique way, and that is why he's putting all things into Jacob's hands. If you read through the Old Testament, you'll see it plainly, especially in the prophets, that the blessing that God envisioned through the descendants of Jacob was particular. If you know the prophets especially, you'll see it. God knew that when his people received this land, they would be able to be the ones through whom justice came into the world. Do you think the world needs justice? Where will it come from? It will come when God's people receive his gifts and use his gifts as God intended so that they become the agents of justice. Look around and you see that there are people who are hungry and who are needy and who don't have a voice to speak up and don't have power. Where will all of those resources come from? Again, you read through the prophets and you see when the descendants of Jacob receive the gifts that God has given them in the right way, they turn those blessings out into the world so that the voiceless have someone to speak for them, so the hungry have someone to feed them, so those who are oppressed have someone to stand up for justice. When Jacob receives the gifts of God. It is for the blessing of the whole world. And friends, in Christ, we are also given the same exact purpose, and it is that we would receive all that Christ gives to us so that we would be the way that God blesses the world right now. You are someone who has all things available to her, to him, in Christ Jesus, for one single reason— to be the way God blesses the world around you. Now let me ask you to look at your own world. Does the world around you need to be blessed right now? Yes or no? Yes, it does. How will it come about? When you receive the gifts that God has given you, in Christ, you turn and bless the world around you with what he's given. When I think about our church, Renaissance Church, what I think is here is a congregation that is uniquely blessed by God, and therefore we have the capacity to be a unique blessing right here in the world where we find ourselves. Do you see that too or not? Yeah, here's one way. I look out and I see a church that has a level of diversity racially and nationally that makes me think this is what the kingdom of God is meant to look like and this is what the world ought to look like. People who have sweet and deep fellowship with one another even though they don't look like one another or come from the same backgrounds. The church is meant to reflect that and I see that happening in our church and I think to myself, what a blessing. Is there anyone else who thinks that here? Yeah, and then we should say, how can we be a blessing to others with that? I think we can be. Do you? Here's another one. I see a generous congregation when I look at you. I see people who are willing to share the resources that God has blessed them with rather than thinking everything I've got is for me and for my own benefit. 
And I know that's what you're like because this is a congregation that supports things like Team World Vision and, and shares money with kids who will have water because of our generosity, or who goes away to Guatemala to feed and to help those who are less fortunate, or, or who, who participates in things like Nourish New, uh, New Jersey or City Relief. I know you're up to that. And, and when I see that kind of generosity, I think that is a group that has turned its own blessings out into the world around it. And that is something that is a, a reflection of our receiving. Receiving God's blessings and turning around and saying, this is the purpose for it. And I'm inspired by that. Are you inspired by that? I hope you'll keep it up. Here's another one. I'm thinking of this one this morning as we see uh, a transition for our youth ministry. Uh, Ryan served God in serving those children in a time when I look at what high school and middle school students face, and when I look at it, I sound exactly like my parents sounded to me when I was a kid. The world today. Do, do you feel like that? Can you believe it? But right, it is worse than our parent when, when, when we were kids, isn't it? And our kids are going to say that too. But when I look back, I think, how's it going to work? And, and right now in our church, we have a group of volunteers who said, as Ryan heads out, we're going to do the best that we can to keep this thing going. And, and we've met with them as staff. And they've said, we've got a plan for the summer and we're going to execute on it. And they are a group of men and women who said, we've been blessed by God. We want to share that blessing as we move forward to serve him with young people. And the truth is, that is exactly why God has blessed you, so that you would do that. And those of us who can't get involved in youth ministry doesn't mean we can't be that kind of blessing to the young people around us. The truth about every single one of us in this room and all of us together is that all things are ours in Christ. That's the promise that God has made. And they're given to us so that we can be a blessing wherever we find ourselves in the world. Now, before we go back to Jacob's story, I want you to imagine where you are placed in the world, wherever it is. Uh, if it's a place where you're gonna thrive tomorrow and everything's going well, that's where you're called to be a blessing. If it's true that tomorrow morning you're gonna wake up and instead of having the marks of your nice, comfy bedsheets on your face, it's going to be the crease that a rock made on your face. Whichever one it is, you need to hear what's next. Because after God comes to Jacob and tells him this promise, all is yours, and reminds him of his purpose, he does one last thing that you also need, and I need it too, and we need it as a church. And this comes in verse 15. Look at what God says to Jacob at the end of his dream. He says, know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Okay, listen. Remember, the heart of the promise that God gave to Jacob is that through him, God would bless the world. That's his promise. And you listen right now. God promises to bless the world through you and he will never, ever leave you. And wherever you're envisioning the challenging path for you, if it's at work with a, a situation that is far beyond you to handle, it's way beyond you. If it's with relationships that have left you bereft of hope, and completely disenchanted. If it's with a future that is so scary to you, you don't know how you're going to get to sleep tonight, and you know you're going to wake up way too early, whatever it is, you take this to heart, brother and sister, right now. God says to you, I am with you, and I will 
keep you. And that means no matter what kind of challenges you have to walk through, if they're way too strong for you to face, you must trust, you're invited to trust that the hands of the God who made everything that exists surround you. And when you're too tired to keep walking because the journey is too long, he promises to lift you up and carry you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will carry you through so that his promise will one day be fully realized and your own eyes will see it. When will you see it? Listen, for Jacob, the walk from where he falls asleep on this night to where he gets to he's going is a long, long, long journey, but the promise is secure and you can trust it and you are invited right now in Christ to accept it for yourself, to believe that because God in Christ has come to give you all things, you are welcome now to open your ears and the ears of your heart to this truth. Listen again. The promise. There is nothing that God has in his hands which you need, which he will withhold from you. But instead, he opens his hands to us so that all things are ours in Christ. If that's too hard to see, Listen, this is a prayer that Paul prayed at the end of Ephesians 1, uh, verses 17 and 18. 18. I pray that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know what are the riches of the glorious inheritance of the saints for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. That is a prayer that your heart would see that the promise that God has given you all things is true. That's the first thing. And then as you see that, as you see that, remember why God is promising to bless you. And here, be specific. Think about the places in your life where there is strife and challenge. God's put you right there and blessed you right there so that you could become the blessing that the world needs. He made that promise to Jacob and he's been good to that promise for Jacob. It's good for us too. And then here's the last thing. No matter what, every single step of the road, God is with you. Wherever you have to go this afternoon, whether it's to a joyful place or a difficult place, wherever you wake up tomorrow, if you are completely racked with anxiety and stress tomorrow, remember, he's with you. And when it's hard to see, ask God to help you see it. Because the truth is, the promises of God in Jesus Christ are yes and amen. Paul said that. That's the truth. Every single promise of God in Christ is yes for those whose hearts are open and who are ready to say, Jesus, I need you. Would you say that in your heart right now? I'm gonna pray that you'd be able to say that and ask God to bless us through this word. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the promises that you've given to us through scripture. We thank you, first of all, for the promises that you've made to your people Israel. And we thank you that those promises are secure and forever. We thank you that you entrusted the land to Jacob and his descendants for the blessing of the whole world. And we thank you for the way that you have made that promise ultimately real in the descendant of Jacob, Messiah, Jesus, who has come and fulfilled the covenant on behalf of those who were unable to. And we thank you that through the faithfulness of Jesus, you have opened the way to all people. God, we thank you that you've welcomed us. And that in Christ, you've given us all things, especially those things that we need for this part of the journey. And now for those who are among us, who are walking through a very difficult time, would you give that same kind of assurance which you gave to Jacob all those years ago, that you are faithful and with him? And then for those of us who are a part of this church, as we move forward on our journey, would you help us all together trust you? And with that trust, help us make every step that we need to make in faithfulness 
knowing that you are good and that through us, your intentions to bless the world will become a reality. And God, when that happens, would we rejoice and give all the glory to you? We pray for this in Jesus' name and God's people said, amen.